Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us today. We've got lots of news to get to. Coach Woodson was on the podium this morning for a press conference, some updates on Xavier Johnson coming up here in just a bit. Also, a lot of conversation from Coach Woodson today about Bob Knight attending practices and some other things that we'll mention. So uh, getting ready for the big IU-Purdue game coming up on Saturday, a road game for for Indiana, and uh, a tough one. I don't think there's any question about that uh, with how things set up here this weekend. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one coming up here in just moments. We'll have uh, a look at some news and notes from the day. Lots to get to. This is really a spring-like day today, and it's got you thinking, got me thinking ahead about March and beyond. But lots to get to today. We'll cover some of what Coach Woodson had to say this morning and a lot more here in just a bit. Also, later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will be with us. That's our opportunity with Alex each week to catch up on the Hoosiers. And, of course, coming off of the Michigan State loss, there are some concerns and some things to talk about with this team, but also a big game coming up on Saturday that we will cover as well, a 7.30 tip-off for the Hoosiers on Saturday night. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, let's uh, remind you also the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450 is the number. Again, 502-414-1450, the phone number. If you've got a question, a comment, you want to sound off about the Hoosiers, you've got uh, whatever it may be, you can fire it into me on the Thornton's text line. Again, 502-414-1450 is the number. And uh, the Thornton's text line each day on the show. Right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And I'm going to bring Justin Kalen on here at the start of the show. Justin, I had all my notes for the first segment pulled up, and I guess Twitter has went down, so I can't Ooh. I can't access any of uh, the Xavier Johnson stuff or the Bob Knight stuff that I wanted to talk about. But I did notice Justin yesterday, Xavier tweeted out something about controlling the controllable, 
kicking that door down soon. And we've heard Don Fisher and even Coach Woodson refer to Xavier Johnson that his return could be uh, forthcoming in the next week or so. And then this morning, Coach Woodson with a little bit further update that said he is actually going to sit down and talk with Xavier Johnson today about the future and that his return is imminent to the team. What else was there? I don't think he he said he had not been in any full practices. Maybe he had done some shooting, but other things on Xavier from that press conference earlier? Yeah, he hasn't had any contact in in practice was a specific phrase that Woodson used. They're hoping for next week to get him involved in the practice side of things, hopefully get him some full contact. So I would guess probably about another two weeks. It sounds like Xavier will be back really, what, just in time for postseason basketball. And then in terms of see where his head's at basically is what Woodson said. I mean, does that pertain to where he fits in with the team when he comes back, you think? I don't yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of that line. It's gonna be interesting. A couple of weeks ago I posed the question to somebody, you know, this Indiana team is playing so well. Um, how do you bring somebody back in and work them into big minutes at this point with the streak that they're on? I think Indiana's still a much better team and still on a, I don't want to say a high note, but maybe a lot further along than what some people thought they might be here in late February. But I do feel like based on what's happened with the guard play in recent games, the return of Xavier Johnson is, I think it was always going to be welcomed, but you just, if you're coaching, you hate to mess up something that's really good. And I don't think it's as good as what it was. So maybe it makes it easier for Xavier to come in and slowly work into those minutes and maybe provide a lift because he's definitely been missed in some of these recent games. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. And here's here's the exact quote. Alex Bozich tweeted this out so timely that he'll be on the show today. But he said, he's Woodson said, I'm going to sit down with X today and see what his thinking is because my thing is it's going to come down to him being able to bang a little bit and cut and use his speed to do what he does. But if that's bothering him, then I don't know if he's going to play. All right, good stuff. And now Twitter's back, so we're saved, Justin. Sweet. Um, also, Bob Knight, a uh, big anniversary there, right? The chair throwing was, what year did you say it was? 1985. 1985. So Coach Knight getting some love, some mention from Coach Woodson in the press conference today. He talked about the fact that he attended practice about once a week, set at midcourt, and Coach Woodson said it's good to see him where he's supposed to be sitting there. Uh, talked a little bit about the chair throwing, but I thought this was interesting. He said, quote, he comes to practice once a week, and it's a beautiful thing, and it's been that way for the last month and a half. He pays me a visit and sits at courtside. It's just nice to see him sitting there where he belongs. So it sounds like the Coach Knight uh, visitations have been something that have been regular now for the last month and a half or so, which is neat. I do wonder, Justin, and obviously we don't know specifics and hate to even guess about specifics with Coach Knight and his health, but I have wondered, would we see him return, even if it's just for a few moments or a brief introduction from his seat or the sideline or he's sitting up in the suite area? I wonder, will we ever see Coach Knight back at a game again with Coach Woodson as the boss? And there could be reasons that he, he can't do it or shouldn't do it or whatever the case may be. But that would be neat one more time to see him there, especially with Mike Woodson as the head coach. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, but we had the moment a couple of years ago where he came back with at center court with all the former players. That was kind defense, of – Defense, defense. That, that, that was what I think was maybe his final 
final swan song, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. All right, good good to see those updates from Coach Woodson in advance of Saturday's big game. I want to mention this. It's been such a busy week. I'm not even sure that I spelled this out. I think most of you probably know this, but the IU women's basketball team clinched at least a share of the championship on Sunday when they beat Purdue, and then Iowa lost, was it Monday or Tuesday night, which gives Indiana uh, the opportunity for an outright Big Ten men's basket women's basketball championship this season so uh, already a big honor just to share it or at least have a chance to share it to win it outright even probably notches that up just a little bit as well so what a season for the IU women as they continue to get a lot of love and a lot of coverage which is a great thing to see with their season winding down and uh, what they've got one more big matchup is it Iowa one more time Justin for the women uh, correct. Yeah. Correct. One more time. Iowa, Caitlin Clark, and the Hawkeyes against uh, the Indiana Lady Hoosiers one more time this season, at least in regular season play. Who knows what happens in the Big Ten Women's Tournament and beyond. A couple other notes locally. We're talking about the girls' state finals on Saturday. We'll cover some of those or carry some of those uh, games from the IHSA network on Saturday morning, including the 1A game with Lanesville, uh, but also – uh, last night, we had uh, one game, and that was Floyd Central on the road in the final Hoosier Hills Conference game of the season. Uh, obviously meaningless as far as who's going to win the conference or anything of that nature, but Floyd Central went to Columbus last night. Close game, good game. I think it was tied with four minutes left in the contest. Floyd Central went on to win 66-56 the final score, and they had a big night from Caleb Washington. He had 31 points to lead the Highlanders. Tevi Ali next to him with 15 points. Uh, It'll take that kind of production from Washington and Ali for this Floyd Central team to have an opportunity, I think, to move through the sectional, uh, especially if they're going to get to the championship game and have an opportunity to pull off an upset against maybe Jeff or Jennings County or Bedford, whoever it could be in the much tougher top half of the bracket there at Seymour. But Floyd Central closes out its regular season with a win, and 7-15 and is the record of Floyd Central heading into the postseason. Uh, kind of strange to think that New Albany is 9-12 and with one more game coming up Friday that could easily be a loss. It's a solid Bloomington North team, but when is the last time in recent years that New Albany was a 9- or 10-win team and that Floyd Central was a 7-win team in advance of sectional? So often when we get to this point, it's New Albany or Floyd. Who's going to win the sectional? That's how it's been. That's how it was all through the Romeo and Kobe Barnes times at both of those schools. So a little different seasons for both of those groups this year. And oddly enough, they are going to square up and face each other in the first round of sectional play on Tuesday night. And I tell you, you know, I've looked around at sectionals a lot as far as where we'll be at, where I'd like to be at, other games of interest. Going to be hard to beat Tuesday night at Seymour because Bedford and Jennings County, that is a good game. It's a battle of conference co-champions on uh, Tuesday at 6 to start the sectional. The second game is a rivalry game. Neither team you know, is, is picked to win it. Neither team has a great record, as we just discussed, but uh, definitely a, a rival game with a, always a great feel when those teams hook up in Seymour. So Tuesday night, if you're still questioning where you may go 
on Tuesday evening for sectional action, uh, that New Albany-Floyd game, and then, of course, Jennings and Bedford. I think that is a really good pair of matchups to take in to start off state tournament play, sectional play here in southern Indiana. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. The Thorntons text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thorntons text line. You can send in questions and topics and comments for Alex on IU. We'll get them on here in the next segment. Stay with us. This is a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall always with us in this segment. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% off during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Thornton's text line is open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Alex joins the show now. And Alex, I want to start on the text line today. Texter says, I really think at this point there's no need to put X back too quickly. At this point, we are not on the bubble. Save him for March. I agree to an extent, but when he's able to go... At safely, you've got to begin to integrate him into things so he is uh, can be the best version of himself uh, for the month of March for postseason basketball. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Mike Woodson uh, just had a press conference within the last hour and was asked about Johnson and his status, and it doesn't uh, sound like um, he'll be playing this weekend. Um, based on what Woodson said so far right now, uh, Johnson's not doing any uh, anything with, with contact at this point. Uh, so, it, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I think a lot of people are like, well, he needs to come back soon to get him ready uh, for the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament. Well, he's got to be ready to actually come back and uh, able to handle it physically in order to do that. You, you never want to throw a guy um, back in there uh, coming off of a surgery, particularly on something like his foot where, uh, you know, that's a big part of, of his game in terms of, you know, his speed and ability to cut. Uh, anytime somebody's dealing with, with an injury like he had, uh, you, you've got to be uh, fully confident uh, that you're able to, to, to do the things that you did before the injury. And it just sounds like to me right now that, that Johnson is not uh, 100% there uh, to this point, based on what Woodson said uh, today. Uh, he did say that he's going to talk to him this week and 
kind of see what the plan is moving forward. But um, to me, you know, there's there's two regular season games next week, then there's the Big Ten tournament, there's the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, if you can't come back to the Big Ten tournament, I think you just take them uh, back in there when, when you can uh, integrate them back in. I don't know if there's a cutoff date where you say if you can't come back by this time, you don't play them. But to me, uh, he's arguably one of Indiana's most three most important players. And based on what they're getting from some of the other guys off the bench right now, uh, particularly the guard situation, uh, I think at, at this point, uh, whenever he's ready to play is when you put him back in there and, and you don't necessarily rush it. But I don't necessarily think there's a, there's a cutoff date or anything like that where you wouldn't bring it back uh, just, just kind of based on how important it, you know, he could be to this team. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, Alex, this team is headed into another tough game, and it feels like it's just been an absolute war zone the last month or so. And Indiana's passed a lot of tests, but the Michigan State game, obviously some disappointment there, understanding it was a very tough environment to play in and a tough situation at Michigan State, way much more important than basketball. Now rival uh, Purdue uh, at Purdue after beating Purdue uh, just a few weeks ago and uh, really getting things stirred up. Now Indiana has to go face the Boilermakers on their home court. So it gets no easier in the Big Ten Conference for any of these teams. IU no different, but boy, it has been a real war zone of late for this team. Yeah, there's no uh, easy games uh, in this league other than really Minnesota this season, and you know, I think they've got, what, one Big Ten win, and Indiana only played them once, and it was on the road, and we saw how close that was, so that wasn't um, you know, very easy either, so I mean, it's one of the good things, I guess, about playing in the Big Ten. You're challenged every night. You look at, look at some of these other conferences. And, you know, when there's not Big Ten on, I, you know, maybe I'll flip something else on. And just some of these leagues, I mean, some of these teams, like Florida, like last night Kentucky went there and played. You know, they're barely 500 teams. There's a bunch of SEC teams that just aren't very good. ACC, I mean, there's five or six teams that, you know, are just dreadful uh, in terms of their win, win and loss record and, you know, not tough places to play. And it just makes you appreciate, you know, the Big 12 and the Big 10 specifically this year. I mean, it's hard to win on the road. Uh, it's, it's hard to win home games, too. I mean, it, it's every every game is competitive, and there's a lot of parity. Even Purdue's hit this little rough stretch here lately. I know Indiana has them coming up this weekend, and uh, they're, they're really tough to beat. At Mackey Arena, but they've even kind of, you know, I guess fallen back down to earth. At one point, they were viewed as the possible number one overall seed in the tournament, and I don't necessarily think they're they're going to have a chance to do that now. Uh, definitely still going to be a one seed, but just overall, there's no off nights in the Big Ten uh, unless you're playing, you know, Minnesota maybe. Other than that, uh, you gotta you gotta come ready to play every night, or anybody can beat anybody. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall. Uh, Purdue has had their own struggles. Uh, I'm not sure I look for those to continue in front of a great crowd at home on Saturday, but is this Purdue team bouncing back from some bad losses here in recent weeks? I mean, they've lost, um, I think, what, three to five? It started with the Indiana game. I think they beat Iowa at home. Then they lost two row games, I believe, to Northwestern and Maryland, and then they, they crushed Ohio State. Uh, in their most recent uh, home game. So they're, 
you know, I, I think I don't think it was ever realistic that a team was going to go something like eighteen and two or seventeen and three in the Big Ten. Uh, they still got a pretty good chance, you know, to go sixteen and four. They got Indiana at home, obviously, and Southern Wisconsin, and then finish up with Illinois at home. They're still the favorite, obviously, to win the league, but. Just like anything else, you know, season, it's a long season, and you can't really play at the level uh, that Purdue is playing at for a full season uh, and not expect to have a, a drop-off. And I think some of that had to do with the fact that the, the guards that Purdue has, the freshman guards, they've been outstanding, not taking anything away from them. But, you know, at some point the league is going to adjust to, to things, and I think those guys have – now got to come back and, and make their own adjustment and say, you know, got you know, teams are trying to take this away from us or they've adjusted to how we're playing. We need to make our own adjustment. And uh, I think that's part of what you do uh, when you're, you know, a young player. Um, there's not as much film on a guy like Braden Smith or a lawyer coming into college. And, and maybe they caught some people by surprise early in the season. Also the fact that you know, they just have this dominant player inside and uh, a lot uh a lot of things run through him and a couple teams, you know, Indiana, Northwestern, Maryland did a really good job of um, just throwing different looks at Edie, forcing him into turnovers. And it's obviously easier to play in front of your own home crowd in your own comfortable environment. So I think that has a lot to do with why Purdue uh, maybe struggled a little bit um, here for this last stretch, but I expect them to, to be uh, in top form on this weekend. Obviously it's, a payback game of sorts for them uh, against Indiana. It'll be a home crowd, and, you know, I've been to a lot of Big Ten road arenas, Matt, and I can tell you that Mackey Arena, when Indiana comes to town, uh, in terms of environment, uh, is right up there with, with the best. I was just getting ready to go there. We know Assembly Hall, you've seen it game in, game out, uh, how good it can be there for the big games when it's packed and rocking, and you've probably been – to, to as many Big Ten road venues as most riders that join this show. I was going to ask you just that, where Mackey stood up uh, with other road venues in the Big Ten, and then maybe for these rivalry-type games, how it compares to Assembly Hall. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely up there uh, with anybody in terms of Big Ten schools. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to um, compare um, with, with Assembly Hall because the buildings are just so different in how they're set up and everything. But the fans are, are right there on the court on the, in the end zone, and, and they're relentless with how they um, are yelling the whole game and, and making, making it miserable on the competition. So it's definitely uh, one of the toughest places uh, to play. On Saturday night, we'll be completely uh, on fire. Uh, I think usually evening games are even harder to play in because you know fans have been kind of worked up all day uh, getting ready for the game, and uh, they look forward to it all day. And, and I think Saturday is going to be just a just a really great environment. I mean, we you know, went in there last year and played them pretty well, um, but didn't obviously come out with the victory. And they played pretty really well under Mike Woodson, so. Could be a competitive game, but uh, I think it's a pretty big uphill battle for Indiana on Saturday uh, yeah. in Mackey. And, and I agree. I, I think that 
I'll be looking to see how competitive Indiana can be with Trace maybe a little tired and Xavier Johnson still out and the team not maybe playing at the rate they did, the level they did a few weeks back during the real hot stretch. Can you go into that tough environment against a really good team that has every reason in the world to want revenge and just keep it close? And I know there's a lot of IU fans out there that want the team to win, obviously, every single game, every time out. But uh, in realistic expectations, uh, just to see if this Indiana team can hang in there, can hold their own on the road will be interesting Saturday. For sure. Uh, it's Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, a huge uphill battle. Um, you know, you never want to go into a game expecting uh, that you're not going to win. Uh, any team that's, that's competitive wants to, to go in, obviously, and get a win, but uh, it's just going to be, uh, to me, uh, really tough. You know, if Indiana won that game, uh, that's that's the kind of game that you look at and say, well, they were a four seed on the on the early bracket reveal. You know, that's the kind of game that can really change things from a resume perspective uh, and maybe get you uh, up a seed line. So it's kind of a n- nothing to lose type of situation for Indiana. So, but did you expect them uh, to win? I expect Purdue will be at least, what, six, seven, eight-point favorite going in. Uh, and, and you can go in and uh, try to, you know, continue to make the Big Ten uh, conference race a little bit more interesting. I think really Northwestern's the only team that, that maybe has a chance to, to play spoiler there. So uh, Northwestern will definitely be rooting for Indiana uh, going into uh, the Saturday's game. Alex Bozich inside the hall, our guest. This segment presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, Alex, let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten standings because that obviously uh, determines how the Big Ten tournament will lay out in the coming weeks. And I know this Indiana team uh, has slipped just a bit in the standings, obviously not in contention uh, for a Big Ten championship at this point. But where are the Hoosiers and what could be some path for the for the Hoosiers as far as standings go the rest of the way to determine what type of draw, what type of situation they have uh, at the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I mean, there's just so much still, Matt, that is uh, it's hard to, to say for sure in terms of seeding. There's a lot of teams that are competing for uh, – so that double buy right now, uh, the teams that look to be in the best position, obviously, is Purdue, uh, Northwestern, Maryland has uh, a leg up on Indiana because they hold uh, the tiebreaker um, with the Hoosiers um, based on the one head-to-head matchup this season. So uh, that's something um, that really I think will come into more focus um, early uh, to middle of next week. But really with the tiebreakers, it could be going into – to next weekend, uh, the last regular season game, to, to finally settle the bracket out. I will say that I've, I've done some, um, I guess, uh, messing around with that, with that, with that seeding generator that's out there on the Internet. It's pretty easy to find. Just Google Big Ten Tournament uh, seeding projection calculator or something like that. that it'll, it'll come up. It'll usually be the first result there. And you can kind of forecast the rest of the games. The one game I think that's really important for Indiana is – uh, Iowa and, uh, and Michigan State in Iowa City. Indiana needs Iowa to win that game, and then they need to beat Iowa at home. I think that would go a long way in probably getting them uh, in position maybe for the four or the five seeds in the Big Ten tournament. I think right now, realistically, unless Maryland really slips up here down the stretch, uh, the highest Indiana is probably going to be able to get is the four. And most of the scenarios that I've kind of um, – 
produced. If Indiana goes two and one the rest of the way, they're mo- most likely to be uh, the five or the six seed. So they're likely going to fall just short of uh, the double buy uh, based on just the probabilities and, and the tiebreakers. You know, they they really fall short with. Uh, tiebreakers against teams like Northwestern that swept them, and, and obviously Maryland. Uh, they played them once head to head, and Maryland won that game in College Park. So, um, unrealistic probably right now to expect any is going to get anything higher than a four, and most likely I think it's gonna, they're going to be playing on uh, Thursday at the Big Ten tournament. Alex Bozich inside the hall. You know, all focus is on the Purdue game, that's for sure. It's a rival second matchup. We've already covered all the reasons why it matters so much to IU fans, but I do feel like there's a lot of people also that really want to see this team do well and beat Iowa. Fran McCaffrey, uh, I've always respected him as a coach, but some of his antics this season and in recent seasons have just been bizarre, and I know that that really, really uh, stays in the crawl of Indiana fans and thinking back to that first game in the regular season. So the Iowa matchup will never be at rivalry level like Purdue will, but I do sense from fans that text this show and that I run into a real want to see this team play well and beat Iowa and really beat Fran McCaffrey. Yeah, Fran... um... His antics are, uh, they are what they are. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, I think, I saw this stat last night watching, they played, I think it was at at Wisconsin. Uh, They lost the game. But um, they need one more win, and they've gone five straight years, I think, with at least ten Big Ten wins, which is impressive uh, at a program like Iowa. Um, They're, to me, not the most talented team usually in the league, but they've consistently been finishing in the in the top half of the league so Fran obviously uh is definitely a guy that that loses his cool uh, a lot on on the sidelines but uh he's fun to watch uh, for the most part and uh it was really entertaining a couple weeks ago when he got thrown out of that game at at Northwestern uh I think a lot of people got a kick out of that and you know his antics during the game in Iowa City uh, obviously, Mike Woodson took exception to that. wasn't very happy with it. Be real interesting just to kind of see what the interactions are uh, between those two in Assembly Hall. But yeah, it's a game. I mean, Indiana just needs to win two of these next three, get to twelve and eight. And based on the fact that most of these programs uh, right now that are in the same seating vicinity as Indiana are probably going to take some losses here down the stretch too. Uh, I think if Indiana can go to and one here the rest of the regular season, go to the Big Ten tournament as we saw last year, it doesn't necessarily have a huge impact on seeding. I think the floor for Indiana at this point, from a seeding perspective for the NCAA tournament, is probably a five if they can go two and two and one the rest of the way. So that's a pretty good position. Uh, still a lot to play out, obviously, but um, I think the most important thing is just to try to get some momentum, play well. Uh, having those two last home games can maybe. Uh, give them some momentum going into postseason play. All right, Alex, we got to let you go here in just a second because you've got to catch Trace Jackson Davis, who's got a press conference coming up here at 1145. A little different uh, reaction to Trace here lately. He announced Saturday or told Jeff Goodman Saturday that he would not return to Indiana for 
an extra year. I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody. I'm curious your thoughts on that. But I noticed on Twitter the other day he thanked Coach Cliff Marshall, the strength and conditioning coach who wished him happy birthday and said, let's finish strong. So there definitely has been a little change uh, in how he words things, at least. It's it's clear that he's going to depart Bloomington. And I know a lot of fans were hoping that maybe, just maybe, uh, he would stick around for one more year. Yeah, uh, not surprising. I mean, he's he's done everything he can do uh, from a numbers perspective. I mean, if he come, came back next year, uh, obviously he'd have a real chance at some, some even bigger records. But uh, I think just from listening to different uh, a couple different NBA draft podcasts, people that know what they're talking about, it seems like he's got a pretty good chance to maybe go as high as early uh, or late first round, early second round, which I think would be really good for him and uh, you know he's he's getting older now. I think he's going to be 23, or uh, was 23 here recently. Uh, from a professional standpoint, uh, that's pretty old in terms of being draftable. The league obviously likes younger guys, but just appreciate uh, if you're a fan of, of Indiana. Here's these last couple weeks of watching him play. Um, he's he's been dominant. Really good kid uh, off the court, uh, and I think he's grown tremendously these last couple of years just to see how much he's improved as a player. and other people always wanted them to maybe shoot perimeter shots and, and do things like that, but I think he's kind of mastered the skill of just being a dominant uh, post player and has obviously uh, played a ton of minutes this year. It's amazing. You just look at the numbers, how often he's staying out there for you know, 37, 38, 39, even 40 minutes a game. Uh, it, it's hard to do for a big guy. So um, just appreciate it. You know, these last few weeks of, of watching them play, and hopefully the Hoosiers can uh, can give, uh, you know, can, the supporting cast can play a little bit better here down the stretch, give them some help, and give themselves a chance to uh, to advance in March. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, thanks. We'll let you get to that presser with TJD, and we'll talk with you next week. All right, Matt. Thanks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. A couple other text messages to get to. Greg says, for me, IU can't beat Iowa by enough because of McCaffrey. Uh, I know a number of IU fans that uh, feel this way uh, about Iowa and about uh, Coach McCaffrey. Also, this is uh, an interesting text. I was talking some about Coach Bob Knight in the first segment. Mike Woodson spoke a lot about Coach Knight in his press conference today. Uh, I know a lot of people over the years have had varying opinions of Bob Knight. And uh, he he was a a bashful, he was, I should say, bashed the IU program for years. I agree with that. But Texter says, I'm a 94 IU grad and supported Knight fully until his antics slash embarrassments grew too frequent. After being fired, he spent two decades bad-mouthing our university and still would be if he was in his right mind. I support Woody fully, but feel Knight shouldn't be allowed to participate in any university activities, including basketball, because of his negative campaign against IU. Just my opinion. Thanks. Well, thanks for the text. I get the sentiment there. I really do. But at some point, things are bygones, and he has aged, and he has changed, and he may very well not be at Indiana if he was in a different state right now or still be bashing Indiana if he was uh, in a different state right now. We don't really know all the particulars, but we can only assume. But uh, I I don't know. I, I'm, I've been glad to see him back. I think it's 
it, you know, it's it just seems right. Maybe it's Mike Woodson there, for, finally a former Indiana player. Uh, but I, I get that, and, and I would be curious to know what other think about uh, Coach Knight and his involvement with Indiana. I think a lot of the negativity that maybe I did hear when it was rumored he might come back, or why isn't he coming back, or why did he say that or do this. Uh, I don't hear that as much anymore for whatever reason. So uh, it is curious. But we'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with one final segment here on this Thursday edition of the program. IU and Purdue on Saturday night. And we've got a big high school game on Friday night. It's not a rivalry game. It's Bloomington North at New Albany. But it's the final home game at the Doghouse for Jim Shannon. That will be something else. And Jim Shannon going to join us. Friday in our very opening segment of this program to talk about some memories over the years at the doghouse, some of the great players he's coached like Romeo Langford. So it should be a good start to our Friday program. If you want to hear from Coach Shannon, we will have him on our show tomorrow. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this final segment, our Thursday program, high school basketball this weekend. I mentioned the New Albany-Bloomington North game. We'll have that at 7-15. There's a handful of final games of the season. Borden will wrap things up uh, on Friday night with a game against Salem. Charlestown, they are done. Their regular season concluded earlier this week with a loss at Southwestern Christian Academy. Regular season is complete, headed into this final weekend. Clarksville has a game with Rock Creek, and their season will come to a close, their regular season. Floyd Central, after their win last night on the road at Columbus East, is all set for New Albany in the first round of the sectional on Tuesday. Henryville, they are done, 16-6, and their final record, headed to the postseason. Jeff, a game Friday at Castle. That could be interesting for the Red Devils to close things out. New Washington, they are all set to uh, begin the sectional next week. They host that sectional, by the way. Providence, their regular season is closed. I mentioned Rock Creek and Clarksville this weekend. Uh, Silver Creek does have a game Friday. They will close up with Seymour. And that is where things stand from a high school perspective. The regular season is just about in the books here locally. Those are the final games coming up here. Really, there's no weekend to it. It's one more night, Friday night of some boys' basketball games. And the 22-23 regular season will come to a close. Another text message on the Thornton's text line. In your opinion, is Coach Woodson playing TJD? too many minutes and wearing him down. That probably was a question for Alex, but I don't think so. I think Indiana has to do what they've got to do to win. I understand 
Uh, at some point, he's been beat up enough, and you want to have a good postseason, and so you've got to protect him to some degree. But I could be wrong here. None of us have any real clue unless you're in practice and you know what the communication is between Coach Woodson, the coaching staff, and the players. But, you know, Coach Woodson's comment earlier today about Xavier Johnson, he was going to sit down today and see where he see where his head's at. I really think that TJD has a say in what happens. I think he has a say in how much or how little he plays. And I think he, I think Coach Woodson is a player's coach. That at least is my vantage point. And looking back over the years at all the places that Coach Woodson has been, uh, he's still got great relationships with so many NBA players and others that his path has crossed with in his coaching career. So I really think he's a player's first coach, and they probably have a lot of input on things uh, to a certain degree. And so I would say that uh, Trace is aware of how he's going to be used. And at some point in some of these games, you might go into the game thinking, I'm going to get Trace a break here. We're going to be very methodical about this. But then you get into the game, and it's a war every night in the Big Ten Conference. So do I think Trace is worn down? Yeah, I think it's been a long season on him from, what, the wrist injury or the finger injury, whatever it was, to some back tightness and soreness. But uh, that's just, I think, par for the course for a big-time player that's getting beat up every night in a physical conference like the Big Ten. But if there's chances to give him a breather, let's say Purdue were to really put it on IU Saturday, Maybe that, you know, you don't want to see that, but maybe that's a chance to rest him. So, but thank you for the text. And obviously, you do have to wonder how sore and how tired is Trace Jackson Davis at this point of the of the season? And is he ready to be 100% for uh, the Big Ten tournament and for the NCAA tournament, which matters so much? That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. I will be back with you on Friday at 11. We've got Jim Shannon, the new Albany coach, with us on the day of his final home game at the Doghouse for kind of a look-back conversation. I'm sure some great memories will be shared when Coach joins the program. And then we've also got Dylan Wallace from Seymour Tribune and Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us on Fridays as well. Uh, so lots coming ahead and the new Albany-Bloomington North game on Friday night as well at 7.15 from the Doghouse at New Albany. Have a great Thursday. It feels like spring. It feels almost like summer out there, so enjoy it. And I'll be back with you Friday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.